0: It's I know. a different attitude towards life, right? <laughs> like, I think because I like had suggested, you know, some some way to, you know, like here's a good resource or here's the thing you might want to consider, and they were like, I I don't care, and I'm like,
1: okay. Yes. I mean, I, I would say that there's a balance to be had there because some people go too far in the other direction and they get like addicted to this idea of personal growth. And the, the issue there is, is at some point you're just, you're spending too much of your focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Like that's what I saw with, I watched a documentary about Nexium. I don't know if you're familiar. The name's familiar. They were a cult, basically. That, oh no, I couldn't. I couldn't look into that.
0: That was too. Um, there was a lot of jarring. sexual. It's uh, too jarring. Yeah.
1: So the so it it was a cult, or it was revealed to essentially be a cult, but w- it wasn't. A, it wasn't around your traditional religion type thing. It was. It was built around self help, right? Or there is there's actually a term for the type of, uh, the type of seminars and stuff like that that this cult was inhabiting. And I don't remember the term, but it's a lot of corporate stuff. But what I noticed from the people that got really indoctrinated in it, in the documentary, is yeah, they were too self-absorbed. They were spending, that's what sucked them in, is that they were, it was like, this thing was saying, okay, you can come here and spend 100% of your energy focused on yourself, Focused on your own your self growth, mm-hmm. building up the better version of yourself. That's what sucked people in, and it's like no, that you can't. You have to also pay attention to external things in your life, the people around you, the your your finances, your your community, mm-hmm. even your country. Right, like these things also matter. Mm-hmm. Right. So, on one hand, yeah, you zero personal growth is um, not good, but hundred percent personal growth is not good either. Right.
0: Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I obviously spend, I don't know. See, I don't know where I, I don't know where I would rank myself on that mm. because I don't, I don't think I'm one of the people that is constantly focused on it, mm-hmm. but maybe other people would say I am focused on
1: it well i guess my question for you would be like how much how much personal work do you do on a daily basis mm. and that includes even just reading up on it uh yeah like
0: i don't know at most a half hour every day and like okay. thing, you know it's more to me it's more like trying to I would say the personal growth stuff's around like trying to insert a routine. Yeah. So for example, like doing journaling, it's like do journal before you go to bed. Hopefully it'll, you know, give you the positive effects everybody talks about or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, try to read, you know, books on trauma, whatever.
1: But yeah, I don't know. So you're, yeah, half an hour, that's perfectly reasonable amount of time. Um, but are you spending any additional time even just thinking about it, right? Like you're actually like, oh, I need to get these routines. Or you're thinking about these are the things which um, are roadblocks for me. This is a stumbling block. This is what my emotions are doing right now. Anything like that throughout oh, the Oh, yeah. No, I'm always thinking about it. Like, uh, mm-hmm. actually, that's not true. I'm not
0: always thinking about it. But if I'm not, uh, you know listening to a podcast or watching TV or talking to a friend or whatever. That's usually what I ruminate about is like, how do we get better? Because it is like, I have that, um, you know, this next thing will be the thing that like fixes me.
1: Yeah. Right. Like I definitely do
0: have that. Right. But I also recognize that's not a real thing. So like I keep talking about up this ketamine treatment mm-hmm. and it'll probably do a lot, but I don't think it's going to do what I want it to do deep down, which is solve everything. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I probably, it doesn't keep me from connecting with other people or paying attention to other things. Do right. you know what I mean? So maybe, like because I, I, I think I know the type that you're talking about because I had a friend that like, he decided he needed to start getting up at 4 30 or 5 in the morning every day mm-hmm. and so he started leaving our parties at like a half hour in at like seven. Oh yeah to go yeah. to he's like i gotta go sleep so like he was really prioritizing like his set like himself over yeah yeah group I, like i i don't think i would ever say like oh i'm I can't come out because I'm meditating or
1: yeah. Like, um, like I'm, I'm not going to put it
0: ahead of other people.
1: Yeah. Like I'm reminded of that one. There was an Instagram account that got pretty popular where it was like just a guy who would get up early and he would take a picture of his watch every morning when he got up. So it'd say like three thirty in Is the this morning. Jocko Willink. Yeah. Jocko Willink. Yeah, that's right. Um, I and I thought say, that hey was more Mark Wahlberg. It's yeah, such a- yeah, but to me that was like, there's no substance there. Like I get it that it's it's a nice it's a nice motivation for people that are trying to get up earlier or something like that. But I mean, to me that's emblematic of what you don't want, right? You don't want your entire life to folk to be focused around getting that perfect routine or getting the perfect emotional regulation or anything like that. It's like you choose. A few things maybe it's journaling maybe it's meditation maybe it's jogging you choose a few things and then your focus is not on are these the perfect things to fix me your focus is on how can I do this every day mm. how can I get this to a point where I'm I'm just I do this every day and then when it's done I'm my mind is no longer on myself anymore I'm thinking about other things right Mm -hmm.
0: but i I think that's where i struggle which is like uh and i'm learning from this book complex ptsd like fucks your uh ability to think of others in Mm -hmm. a way yeah like you know i am very considerate i do think of other people but there's clearly there's some I don't know. It, there's like something in the way and that's what I'm trying to address as far as like uh if I'm focused on any one like any one reason to get better is so that I can pay attention to others more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean maybe it it exactly is that that routine that's missing. Right? This is what I was thinking about um actually on the way over here it's like For me, like meditation is the thing that works, right? Like even with my sleep problems, like all I had to do to fix my sleep problems was instead of doing 20 minutes of meditation in the morning, I do 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evenings, right? Like it works so well. But like I was thinking on the way over here is like, is there something about meditation that is more effective than anything else? Or is it just the ritual about it? Is it just the fact that I take those 20 minutes a day to do something for myself that puts me in the right mental state where my brain is like, okay, I did my thing, now my brain can think about other things, right? Well, I think, I think like
0: Buddhists would say that's around, like it's being mindful. Yeah, You're mindful of your meditations both both parts of the day it's also something you kind of start to look forward to because breathing makes us feel good. But it also like brings you, because I remember I did it for, I did it like solid for a year, same same routine. Wake up yeah, 10 minutes, go to bed 10 minutes. I, I think I, yeah, just in general, was just operating way better. And it was also because I I just kind of knew, even if I didn't want to do it, I knew i'd feel good at the end of it yeah yeah so like there is a component of like reward but also it is a mindful thing it's like the it was a, like the only thing
1: i was planning to do each day yeah well but that i mean i guess that's my question is like is mindfulness like inherently more valuable in that way or is it just the fact that you're taking 10 minutes to like not think about your problems or mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. about or the stresses of your life, right? Like maybe journaling would also do just as good a thing or jogging or, you know, listening to like just sitting down and listening to say a classical music piece and doing nothing else, yeah. but just listening to that, that the whole song, it's like a 20 minute song, right? And you start it and you listen through the whole thing and observe every note. And when you're done, like maybe that would also work just as well. And it's not breath work. It's not sitting there in a lotus position and staring at a wall or something like that. right? Yeah,
0: except I think I think that one's slightly different because like um, it's not a physic. like your mind is going to wander. Yeah. trying to listen to music whereas people at the gym that check out or people jogging that check out like it's because it's such a physically demanding thing you can't be ruminating really you're constantly brought back to your body about how sore your legs are or how tired your arms are right like it is kind of like meditation in that true true you're constantly being brought back to your body it doesn't really give you time to yes ruminate yeah arms.
1: but if you but that's where the routine comes in right is like, if you say one day, I'm gonna to listen to music, the next day I'm gonna journal, the next day I'm gonna do this, yeah, you're gonna find problems, but if, if you're like, okay, every single day, I'm gonna to listen to a classical music piece for 20 minutes and do nothing else, over time, you will start to become more in the moment during that time because you'll, your brain will be start to learn to pay attention to it and you're start. you're going to start to appreciate it on a deeper level you're going to start to notice like the what a fugue is i don't know what a fugue is but that's a fugue thing state. yeah or or a prelude or you're going to know what all the different like anti-mezzo like all those different mm-hmm. things that i have no idea about there's so much to learn in in just classical music that if you do it every day your brain will eventually be able to absorb completely into it i I think you should try it because i don't think it
0: works like that because there's no body aspect to it your Mm. mind is gonna get bored and i would argue the more times you listen to it the more bored you're gonna get because you're not gonna be remembering to try to refocus on trying to learn like oh it's interesting how these instruments are arranged at you know 30 seconds in or yeah
1: yeah well i mean i already have a thing right okay so i don't i don't need that my i'm just curious if maybe that would actually provide the same benefit i I guess what i'm i'm trying to say for you and for listeners is like if you are feeling like something's missing in that way um meditation has worked really well for me but that doesn't necessarily have to be the thing right but i think the the critical piece is that it's done on a routine it's and it's done daily Mm -hmm. right i i totally agree
0: i i just don't think without the a physical aspect like Mm. whatever activity is i just it can be being in a bath for 10 minutes every day. Yeah. Something physical that connects you, like grounds you, so to speak. I just, I, the, I can't imagine there's many people where their mind is not going to wander listening to music Mm -hmm. because there's no, but if you, if you did, I get in the bath and listen to classical music,
1: maybe that works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know I, I I guess the only way for me to know is to try it, but I, I don't think it. I don't want to give up what I the current practice that I have mm-hmm. because it's so beneficial to try that out because I don't want to risk that. But yeah. if somebody out there doesn't have <laughs> something, they should try that and see what happens. Yeah, right? I I mean
0: I'm always like I'm always in favor of trying. Like if if you don't if you don't enjoy any physical ones or like breathing stresses you out or whatever, yeah. go for it. Like try the classical music thing.
1: Well, you should try it. You like, you told me that. No, I'm telling uh, you it, my mind will immediately. Yeah. But you were saying it. that you've been playing rim world while listening to classical music. Right. Mm-hmm. So just take out the rim world for 20 minutes <laughs> and do that. Just do it every day and see what happens. Right. Give it like, I don't know. I want to say two weeks, but I don't feel like that's enough. I'm thinking like three weeks. But this this is the thing you learn
0: about ADD. You can't fucking do that. Like It's yeah. just like I'll lay there and I'll be
1: mind-numbingly bored. And so my brain will create something to think about. Sure, but you don't think that meditation becomes mind-numbingly bored? Boring? No, because you're bringing it back to the breath
0: constantly. So the moment your your mind wanders, you bring it back to the breath, right? Yeah.
1: So that your brain shuts off. But why can't you do the same thing? But instead of bringing it back to the breath, you're bringing it back to the music, right? You know what I mean? Like because like your music, mind is because the music is always there. Yeah, like it's not as if I'm not hearing the music. But you can shift your awareness, right? Like your, your mind is wandering. And then immediately when you realize your mind is wandering, you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be paying attention to this music that my ears are listening to, right? But then my mind is like, what am I paying attention
0: to? Yeah. Because I'm already hearing the music, like music never, like this is why music bothers me so much, like at Mm. yoga and other places, like there's this one teacher. I really like her, but her playlist, she plays the same playlist and it has vocals. Yeah. And it just drives me insane. Like I was like, yesterday I was like, okay, like I'm, I've tried this four times and I've tried doing like meditation and bring my so Yeah. Every time she says, you know, uh, isn't it nice to come here and down regulate? I'm like, if anything, I leave here so pissed off, just so aggravated by me. Mu- so it's yeah, it's in the same way that I couldn't go to a country bar. It's like I would fight someone after like a half hour yeah. from hearing that music.
1: Uh, okay, I, I get I get that. Um I think I think maybe the fact that I have done meditation and that has taught me how to shift my awareness, maybe that's why I'm thinking about this in a different way that you are is that I actually know I know how t- to take my brain and say I'm focused on one thing and then shift it so it's focused mm-hmm. on another thing and, mm-hmm. and sort of what that feels like mm-hmm. because that's kind of what meditation teaches me. So maybe, yeah, maybe there is more value specifically that activity than others.
0: Yeah, and you, and you hit the nail on the head. I am never able to re focus yeah yeah like it's a that's i mean that is what i'm constantly working on and like this is why i'm talking to this like sound ot and stuff right it's it's all the same thing once something's in my mind that bothers me i cannot get off it yeah like it just it's it's impossible to move on to whatever without extricating myself from that situation and so like I, and also probably you're better at meditating for the same reason. Like I can't, I like, I, I often wondered whether or not meditating was even working for me because I just end up ruminating like the whole time. Yeah. So it's like, right. is that having a benefit? Because like the timer will go off and, or like the, you know, the, I, this is the reason I used apps is because at least they would interject like every two minutes Mm-hmm. To remind me that I'm not listening. To then try to come back to not.
1: Yeah, so um, the the reason why I guess it's beneficial is because you have to breathe, right? So it's like with uh, at least the type of meditation I do, my goal is to make my breath as smooth as possible, right? Like I'm just trying to get a very smooth in and out breath. And when I start ruminating, you know, I'm not doing that. And then after a certain point, I realize I haven't been paying attention to my breath. And so then I go back Mm -hmm. and pay attention to my breath. And then it's like, one thing I've noticed is like, some days I can sit there and just can be completely absorbed in my breath. And I'm not thinking about anything else for the full 20 minutes. And I get out and I feel like, that was wonderful, right? Whereas other days, it's like my mind is constantly wandering, right? Mm -hmm. And I constantly have to bring it back to the breath, bring it back to the breath, and it's frustrating, it's aggravating, and then 20 minutes takes feels a lot longer than it should be. And I get up and I think like, what's going on? Like I've made all this progress for the last month of great meditation, and today it's been horrible, what the hell? But what I noticed is those days, that's when I get the most benefit from the meditation even though I spent less time focused on my breath, mm-hmm. it was the fact that I had to constantly bring it back to the breath was the actual benefit. That's more where you're getting the benefit right? from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause
0: you're more likely in a stress state or, you know, distress state.
1: You're, you're more likely in a distress state and you're also training your brain how to notice ruminations. Yeah. Like, you're, you're getting better at like short circuiting that those thought loops. Right. Yeah. But like, why do you think after a year,
0: like I never got better. So it's like I would do, I would pay attention. I'd be like, you know, I would do the counting or I would do all these other tricks to stay with it longer. Yeah. But like, I would say after like seven breaths, I'm already ruminating until the guy pulls it back. Then it's like seven breaths. So it's probably like total 30 or 40 breaths in a 10 minute period that I'm paying attention to.
1: And you're counting the breaths?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was one technique that actually worked for me. Like normally it's like I would check out even sooner. It's like in, out, I'm ruminating. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. So like,
1: why do you think that doesn't improve over a year? um so well i'm i'm by no means a meditation expert so i can only um make a few guesses the one i would be that a maybe it isn't the right meditation for you right like maybe you you think it works because it was easy for you to to focus on your breath but that's what i'm saying is like it shouldn't be easy it should be difficult it's it's kind of like going to the gym right like if you're If you're lifting weights that are easy to lift, you're not getting a benefit, right? Every every day at the gym should feel like this is the first day you walked in because every day you're upping the amount of weights that you're lifting. So it feels like this, it feels the same as the first day you walked into the gym, Mm -hmm. right? And I would say that the same is true for meditation that if it's easy, you're probably not getting a benefit from it. Oh I, right? I
0: no I maybe I said something I didn't mean to. It's never been easy. It's yeah. incredibly difficult for me. I cuz I do just ruminate the whole time. <clears throat> also, I'm not sure the gym analogy works anymore just cuz there's that whole movement just to do 60% or whatever. Have you heard that? I haven't. Remember. It's like or 70%. They're actually like finding don't don't do Oh the yeah, right, right. Increase.
1: I, th- I think I remember seeing a like a MMA trainer talking about that where he said like it actually should be more like play like you shouldn't be trying to kill yourself every time Mm -hmm. in the gym Mm -hmm. but okay so well that was that's one guess the other guess is that it is having a benefit benefit for you you're just not noticing it Mm -hmm. right like the thing with meditation is it's not like um, medication where it's psychoactive and you can feel you're like oh I feel different I it it's so it's very subtle and the only real way to know that it's having an effect is that you look back on say a month and you say have i had more or less emotional dysregulation events or have i Mm -hmm. have i got managed to accomplish more and things like that like that's the way you notice the the benefits of meditation like I meditate. I don't feel differently throughout the day, but then I sleep better right. and I don't understand why I sleep better. I don't go to bed feeling any different than I do in the nights where I wake up in the middle of the night, but it does change something. That, I, that was the one
0: like tangible thing I definitely noticed is that I did sleep. I yeah. fell asleep. More often, uh, like without issue. And I also just had better sleep in general. But I, I think you've reminded me, I really want to do more. Um, when I first started therapy, like f- they gave you these like report cards to try to like track your life. And so, because oh, yeah. it was like quite difficult for me to ever notice change or here's the pattern, here's the thing you do that like totally disrupts your life, like that kind of stuff. And so, mm-hmm. I found those super helpful. I should be doing them like all the time trying to figure out.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: current ones I don't understand.
1: I mean, that's, I guess that's what I'm, if nothing else from this, this particular episode of our podcast is like, do the thing every day, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I don't know if you've ever watched BoJack Horseman. (laughs) Yeah. But there was this one line where he was trying to jog and he collapses on the side of the street and I think it was like this llama or something comes by and he's like, it gets easier, but you have to do it every day. And that's the hard part. Right. And that line definitely stuck with me. Cause yeah, it's just doing it on a regular basis mm-hmm. is where you're going to get the benefit and nothing, nothing you try, if you're not doing it regularly is going to work. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like ever since I heard that, like two
0: week, this is how you build a habit. Like Mm -hmm. it takes two weeks or it is how you quit a habit or whatever. I've always tried like that. And that's what I mean by like, for example, I got these like whiteboards. Right. And so like my new thing is I'm trying to wake up every morning and plan. This is what I'm doing today. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like so that I don't just let it waste away playing RimWorld for like nine hours a day or whatever. Yeah. Like I actually, Cause there is something about getting present and doing that kind of, but again, I think about wanting to do that, but actually doing it every day for two weeks is like a, it's very difficult for my brain to, I, I need like a, I need to make like a little checklist. Like here are mm-hmm. the habits I'm currently trying to work on. And I'm going to check off like every day. Cause I really do lose track of like, when I started this or like when it, you know?
1: Yeah. Like I remember, um, a friend talking to me about Eckhart Tolle and I've never read Eckhart Tolle. So this guy is most likely misrepresenting what he read, but he told me that in the book he read with Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle said that at one point in his life, he just woke up the next day and he had this completely new perspective and he spent the rest of since that day being more mindful and being more grounded and stuff like that. And it was like, to me, I was like, well, if that's truly what he said, that's bullshit, right? No, that doesn't happen to anyone. That only happens if you put in a lot of work to get to that place. Right. And I don't know. I don't think that's what he really said, but I just want to point out, that never happens you're never gonna just wake up then one day and be fixed and cured and things like that it comes from rehabilitation it comes from things like that right
0: well i mean kind of i can't like because i can't deny my own experience right i kind of had that Mm. but it was due to a two-week acid trip yeah yeah (laughs) so like so like Maybe Eckhart Tolle just loved acid too. And he woke up the next day and was like, oh, I I need to change all these things. But like, by the way, it's funny you mentioned Eckhart Tolle because this yoga instructor that kind of like has the annoying music. Yeah. She also pronounces his name Eckhart Tolle, which I've never, ever heard anybody say.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have no idea how it's pronounced. So <laughs> I don't <maybe. laughs> either.
0: I don't either, but I've never heard it pronounced that way. And so I've, now I've just been wondering, is it Eckhart Tolle or is it Eckhart Toll?
1: Well, I mean, w- when it comes to names, it's pronounced however the person wants it to be pronounced, right? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. How did he want it to be pronounced? Yeah. This is something I'm going to look up because no I, I don't yet. want to know.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever want to be a person that corrects people on whatever, yeah. but it is like... It's it, it's weird to hear.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I had a friend whose last or I didn't we didn't we weren't that great of friends, but his last name was Smigel, and so everyone was like Smeagol. Smeagle. right? And yeah. it was like sorry, dude. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like it's that's a or I had another friend who everyone would mispronounce his last name is Blom, and he would always cor- correct him. And he's like, no, it's Bloomy. And it's like you want people to say "bloomy," <laughs> like "blom" is such a much better. But hey, like, like that's that's the thing, right? It's like how how are you? How do you? We've talked about this Nuts. before
0: on the podcast about how like it it just it it blows my mind that people care about what people call them.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: That's a perfect example. It's like. Is it is it murdering you inside that they don't pronounce it bloomy?
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> like what
0: is happening? Like is, is this some childhood shit that like it started early and you just got annoyed as like a yeah. eight year old and now you just carry it through your life? Like
1: Well, I mean, it's probably a a privilege that you and I have that we have like very white bred uh British, English Irish names, right? That are never mispronounced. What right? do you mean? No, it's half. I have three
0: examples of how people say Ian wrong in my life. I okay. let a, I let a right. coach say yen for an entire year yen? and I, I never corrected him. <laughs> and like my dad, my dad and my, my uncle came out to a game and my uncle's like, why does he call you yen? It's like, cause I never corrected him and I just don't, I care. don't see
1: how you can get like maybe Ian. yeah no he's he's this foreign dude just (laughs)
0: called me yen all the time i was like all right anyways point being there there's and people misspell my name all the time which blows Mm. my mind i didn't
1: know there were so many different variations
0: on ian like
1: like there's there's different variations on jason as well um but mine mine i think is the the most sensible like I my version of the name for sure is not adding letters that don't need to be there whereas a lot of times I I saw a guy with the J-A-Y-S-O-N and I was like (laughs) go
0: fuck yourself like did you change your name to that like or yeah
1: yeah that that's stupid well I always have such a in my mind J like J-A-Y is like the kid version of my name so when somebody has it or somebody spells their name like that it just my mind cannot but see that as like immature oh that's for true. some reason i didn't realize right? until you said it now that jay
0: jason because i yeah i used to call a guy jay yeah whose name was actually jason
1: yeah so like no offense to people the jays out there right <laughs> I it's just my own personal yeah. bias about the term just because that's you know obviously how my upbringing was right
0: yeah it, in general like names do you so it's actually, it's good. We're on this topic. Cause like I had a friend change their name recently. Mm. Like they want to be called something different. And I, it brought up my memory that I really like, that's always a thing I want to do too, is just, I constantly want to change my name. Like it's something that I yeah always think about. And I've now wondered if it's like people that have traumatic connections to their past. If this is a common through line.
1: It, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't understand the desire to change a name, right? Well, I, th- I think, I mean, my
0: theory right now is because people associate it with a person they used to be that they don't like mm. or a part of their life that they don't like. And I know for myself, it's uh, it's a very like, if I change my name, I can now just adopt this personality or whatever, or like be this new person yeah. and just kind of like kill my old self.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't, I guess I just don't have the same connection to those kind of symbolic things. Right. Cause it's like, to me, my name, to me, w- the only meaning my name has for me is that it's something that my parents gave me. Right. Mm. So to change my name, to me, would feel like I'm giving back a gift from my parents, right? That's all I could think about. You consider your name a gift? Yeah, I do. Well, they gave it to me. They, I mean, your parents gave you your name, right? Yeah. I'm kind of like, fuck, what, of all the names you choose Ian, <laughs> bullshit. Well, I it mean, doesn't feel like a gift. Or it But like a they did gift. think about it, right? There was a, a conversation that was had between your parents about... What name they liked. It, it's not like they drew it out of a hat, right? They do, you, do you know what the conversation
0: was? Because I've asked them. Oh yeah. Their conversation was, "What are names that are not easy to make fun of?" Mm-hmm. My name is has so many different things. True. Yeah. Like I, and I learned that like
1: pretty early on. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, you guys did a terrible job because <laughs> you well, didn't you, think about anything." You can't you can't choose a name that way because language evolves. By the Mm -hmm. time your kid is in uh, elementary school, there could be a new slang that just happens to exactly Mm -hmm. work well with whatever name you chose. Right. So you never know if the name will be easy to make fun of by the time in the 10 years in the future. Right. Well, and I think names are going to get way less common
0: Mm. now because of all these memes, killing names.
1: Oh yeah, like right? Karen
0: and Yeah, like Karen has not there's been no girl named Karen for yeah. like 2 years or something like that and like I can't imagine there's a lot of like Brads coming out True. you know <laughs> stuff like this. I think I feel like the yeah, names are weird. I think, see, and the thing that keeps me from doing it is I realistically know changing my name changes nothing. I would mm. also feel really silly about asking people to call me something different. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't want to become the, the bio me guy, you know? Like, oh, yeah. it, it's not a year. <laughs> it's, it's fucking, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'd feel so stupid being like, this is my name now. Because I, I think... I think what actually appeals to me is getting a new name and then just cutting everyone I know out of my life and starting a new life.
1: Yeah, that that makes more sense to me as a, as a way of renewing yourself, right? Yeah,
0: because then it's like nobody knows your past. No, You can, yeah. you can truly reinvent. Because I, I just feel like changing your name and everybody still knows you is always going to still tie you to the past even if your name's different.
1: Yeah, like you move to a new city, change your name. Yeah. But then what happens is you're with your new friends and one day someone from your past goes, hey, Ian, how's it going? And all your friends are like, what the hell? What kind of skeletons are you hiding? This person is not calling you Jacob like you are now, right? I think that only happens in movies and TV. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) There's A, I don't think
0: anybody would like, I think those kind of situations happen if someone's seeking you out. So if you're like if you're in a relationship for like three years and then you just fall off the face of the earth, that girl might be looking for you to out you to your new friends or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to, one thing I like to do is like, look at things from like the early 1980s that maybe inspired my parents to name me. Like, like Halloween came out a few years before I was born and the main, obviously the, Jason yeah. is the person, and then also, I know my dad was a fan of the, um, the Born Identity books, right? Mm-hmm. The main character of that is Jason, so I'm like, was I named after one of those characters, a murderous, did you psychopath? Ask I've n- I've never asked them, no. It's because <laughs> obviously if I did, that would take away the, the mystery, right? And they would say, no, that's ridiculous. We we looked at a, a book of names and we closed our eyes and put our finger down and. That's the one, right? But oh, it's say interesting enough like for you
0: to keep look, like looking to guess. <laughs> or, or
1: if I come across a, an, a circumstance like that from, the early '80s, it just in my mind I get a little, I get a little amusement out of thinking about it. <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> like, oh, was I named? So it?
0: this is this is for sure the strangest thing you have ever told me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have no.
1: I would just like
0: if your parents are, it's like why wouldn't you just go ask?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I, I guess it's, I'm, it's literally something I've done and not thought about until this moment. So yeah,
0: I'm just glad I'm not named David. Like, Mm. and nothing, no disrespect to David's, but like my family tree has a gajillion David's. Uh, So it's like the chances that one of us might've been called David as our first, like it's my middle name, but like not my first name. If it was my first name, I would've been like, fuck, definitely taking my second name.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about David.
0: Um, Oh, okay. One thing I was going to bring up is I never realized until this week why no one else seems to have that, like, thought of violence all the time. Okay. Like, I'm very quick to think about getting, like, all right, this situation is going to be violent or I'm going to go destroy that person's car and, like, I finally get why that sounds insane to other people because you guys aren't constantly in fight flight mode. Yeah. Yeah. And so like if you're in fight flight mode and like say the world like financial system collapses and everyone descent, it suddenly becomes way more plausible to go like punch your neighbor and take their keys because you don't own a car. Yeah. But like yeah. If, if I share that thought right now, Most people that are, you know, in society are going to be like, you're fucking insane. I would never do that. Mm -hmm. But it's because they're not in the fight flight to like be in agreement that like that would be the right move if that's your only chance of living or whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think you're correct that most people don't. And I certainly I certainly don't have thoughts that to me would lead to violence that isn't completely emotionally precipitated, right? There's no rational, logical steps for me that get me to violence, unless there's a complete civilization breakdown, mm-hmm. right? But in a civil society, I there's no, I can't think of a reason to um, get violent other than if someone's attacking me, right? Yeah.
0: But that's the thing I like I'm not saying I ever have a rational reason it, yeah. it is a it is purely emotional because I'm in fight flight so when I express things like uh, I don't I don't even know what a but like it finally just like occurred to me why other people hear me talk in what I consider like a hyperbolic way mm-hmm. hear it as like this is this is some insane shit because it's just not yeah
1: at well, all how they think yeah no i i get that and i actually think i'm similar like I, I we were talking before this about the anxiety that either of us have about confronting say a noisy neighbor or something like mm-hmm. that and like i was thinking about why that is at least for me and the reason why i have anxiety about that because i really shouldn't i i'm fully like it's a fully reasonable thing to go mm-hmm. talk to someone about The reason why I have anxiety is because I do have a temper and I'm worried that I'm going to get too angry and I'm going to lose control. That's where what the anxiety really is. It has nothing to do with what I perceive the other person to be like. I don't feel like I'm in a threat by going to a neighbor and confronting Mm -hmm, them. mm -hmm. What I worry about is my own emotions, right? Mm -hmm. That fight or flight thing, right? Oh, for sure. Like in your
0: situation, like having somebody not see like and and I remember talking to my psychologist about this. She's like, Don't go confront people because if it's if you're confronting them about the thing and they don't change, you're gonna lose your mind. Yeah. Right. And that's accurate. Yeah. It's like I would have kicked your fucking neighbor's door in or something. You yeah. know, like yeah. it's just oh, kinda yeah, absolutely. something would have been like, All right. I'm taking next steps now, you know, like,
1: yeah, I know that's, that's where I'm at with my neighbors, right? Cause I did confront them and they didn't turn their volume down and it's like, now I feel I have to escalate Yeah, and all, every single response that I have now will be elevated from what it was before because I no longer feel like that is a, I can't reason with them, right? Yeah. Is what I feel like. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, and that's the thing, like, I'd, like, violence is never the, like, like, that's never, again, like, it's just never the thing that's going to get them to change. So, it's like, your brain will spend hours trying to figure out, like, what is the way to actually have change.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, think fuck. Like, oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> that car is <laughs> just fucking idling for, like, eight minutes. It's just oh, like I my old... I know. Didn't it, just, I didn't even notice it. Holy shit. Um, I have my sound thing today, thankfully. Um, I've, I've realized now over this last week, uh, being alone again, sound issues become way worse when I'm alone. Mm. And I think it's because my brain goes into like, uh, ah, I forget what the state's called, but it's like the, you're hyper aware Yeah. to feel safe. And so I've really noticed sound this week. Whereas like when people are home, I can just shut off cause it's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Nothing here is my responsibility. And then, you know, I don't have to be hyper vigilant. Yeah, so I'm curious if, if I get a house, like does having a dog have the same effect? Uh, I don't know. Otherwise, maybe. I'm going to continue to have sound issues wherever I go.
1: Yeah, I mean, the nice thing about the dog is it does respond quicker to things outside. than It'll notice a person walking by or something before you do. Mm-hmm. So after a while, maybe you'll just be like, if the dog's calm, I can be calm, right? It's like yeah. a canary in the coal mine type circumstance, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's a possibility. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I the problem with pets is I just I always worry they're going to make my sleep worse. Oh yeah. Right, right. like cuz that would also be problematic as if they're waking me up at night, whatever. I wonder how you do like you can't really mitigate for that kind of stuff
1: prior to owning one. Uh no, I mean you can always just get rid of it <laughs> once <laughs> if it doesn't work out, right? I you guess. Get,
0: You maybe, maybe you can't, I don't think I could not because I have like a crazy emotional bond to it, but I just, I can't imagine any scenario in which I give up on a dog.
1: Yeah. Well, even if it's shitting
0: all over my house, any of that, like I just, yeah, it's like, nah, I like, it's that personal responsibility thing, right? It's what drives me nuts about so many other people Mm -hmm. is the not taking personal accountability. So it's kind of like, if you get a puppy and you raise it and you don't train it and it sucks as an adult dog
1: bear that brunt you fucked up by not teaching true, that true. dog oh i agree 100 percent. people do get rid of their pets i i can't do it i mean um, i have a pair of guinea pigs um my girlfriend wants to get a cat and i'm like well we have to wait until the guinea pigs die because i can't have that many animals in here <laughs> And so she's like, "Well, let's get rid of the guinea pigs." I'm like, "No, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't let these things just go." Out of yeah. my care at yeah. this point, right? Where, where would she give them to? Someone else? I have no idea. We we never <laughs> I don't I don't think she was being serious actually. I think she is emotionally she likes- attached to them. She wouldn't want to get rid of them, but it just that was a conversation we had. Yeah. And I- it made me think like even though I'm probably not as emotionally attached to these things as you are, the idea of getting rid of them is not even something I'm willing to entertain. Yeah. So.
0: What is that about? Because it, cause it is like, it's not a, it's not like, I don't have that crazy pet relationship. Yeah. Thing, right. Like yeah. I really care about a dog. I can really care about it. But like if it costs four grand to get cancer treatments, it's like, I have no problem putting it down either. Right. True. Yeah. Is Is that, does that, is that kind of your connection? Like where it's kind of like. I like you, I, I'll take care of you,
1: I enjoy your company, but like... I don't know, I honestly have no idea, because yeah, yeah, I don't feel super emotionally attached to these guinea pigs. I think they're cute and all of that, but yeah, I don't know, maybe that's just some kind of paternalistic, like we're just wired to stick it through to the end Yeah. with these sort of things, even though we're, we don't feel it implicitly, I, I don't know. How long do guinea pigs last? Uh, it ranges, but we take like pretty good care of them. Like They have a pretty varied diet of stuff, so they'll probably last six years is my oh, guess. Oh, really? And I think we're just about on two years now, so <laughs> okay. it's, there's a while to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing with, with rodents is they can just spontaneously drop dead literally oh, at really? any time. Why? they're it's just the nature of their okay. their species right i mean we had a friend who had a pair of rabbits and um one of the rabbits is still alive the other one just got sick one day was dead the next day hmm. and they don't even know why and this was like l- less than a year into their existence right hmm. so i guess it, you don't have an autopsy on a pet yeah and that's the thing with rodents is. It happens very quickly. Yeah. And they typically, they'll typically also hide any issues that they have because that's part of their prey instinct is they're, they're not advertising that yeah, they're you, injured and yeah, stuff like yeah. that,
0: right? You don't want to show weakness.
1: Yeah. So. Otherwise you'll be picked out. Yeah. It could happen at any time, but is unless barring that, we we're probably got another four years. Yeah. Open. She's, she's going to try to find someone to give them to. <laughs> Maybe.
0: <laughs> she. I bet once she has the idea of a cat in her mind, she's like, either I'm going to try to convince Jason to have both. Mm. She'll try that for a while. When that doesn't work, she's going to work to solution to. Yeah, just well, give away the guinea pigs.
1: She actually really wants a dog. Oh, really? But I don't want to have a dog in an apartment. Yeah. Um, Because it's just too much effort having to like take it for a walk every single time it wants to do its business. That's crazy to me. Yeah. (laughs) It's way too much. Yeah. So it, maybe I strike it rich somehow and we, I can actually buy a house in some weird multiverse version of my life. And then I get a dog. That's kind of, I mean, they
0: do have like some, they obviously have solutions. It's like, you don't have to leave your apartment building every time. If you get a small enough dog anyway.
1: True, you can get like a little yeah, astro turf thing yeah. on your balcony or something. I don't know, it all seemed gross to
0: me too. Yeah. That's why I didn't get one from a apartment,
1: but Yeah. It, a cat is such a much better pet for an apartment yeah. in my opinion. And I'm I'm super allergic to cats, but there are hypoallergenic cats out there, so that would be Is it only that skin kind? No, there's furry ones. Oh, okay. That um there's one. There's one that's like part Asian leopard, so it's like half wild. Um, that I really want. If I go down that route, hmm. um, it's hypoallergenic and it also <clears throat> it also acts like a dog, so you can actually take it for walks and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. So um, it kind. I guess it would kind of fit both of those <laughs> things, Most, right? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Thank you for listening to the Winners Do Drugs podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at winnersdodrugspodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our subreddit, Pod, on reddit.com.